So we uh, spend a lot of time here talking about how relationships are at the heart of our existence. Uh, scripture reveals to us that we were created for a relationship by our relational God. Social scientist, author, and speaker Brene Brown says it this way. As a matter of fact, we are wired for connection. It's in our biology. From the time we are born, we need connection to thrive emotionally, physically, spiritually, and intellectually. Connection is why we are here. We are hardwired to connect with others. It's what gives meaning and purpose to our lives. She goes on to clarify exactly what she means when she speaks of connection. She writes, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance, sustenance and strength from the relationship. Studies have shown that infants who are only a day or two old can recognize their mother's voice. One of the most central tools for connection is communication. We are naming in this series that it is the lifeblood of our relationships. This is true of our human relationships, but it's also true of our relationships with our Creator. Just as we are hardwired for connection with one another, we also are created with a longing and need to connect with our God. The same words Brene Brown writes about connection in our human relationships are true when we think about our relationship with God. We feel connected to God when we feel seen, feel seen, heard, and valued. When we can give and receive without judgment, when we derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Communication is central to that connection. And when it comes to God, one of our primary methods of communication is prayer. In this series, we're going to spend time with different examples of prayer found in Scripture that help deepen and widen our understanding of what prayer is and how we can engage in it. One of the consequences of formalized religion is that prayer became formalized as well. We can mistakenly think that there is a right and wrong way to pray or that it is something that should be left to professional clergy or trained leaders or that there are clear and finite categories of prayer or methods of praying. Nothing could be further from the truth or the heart of God. My hope in this series is that we would realize that prayer is any and all communication between us and God and that there is no box it need fit in. Yet just like communication in our human relationships, our prayer life needs attention and intention for it to grow and deepen. In the introduction to his book on prayer, Richard Foster writes this, God has graciously allowed me to catch a glimpse into his heart, and I want to share with you what I have seen. Today, the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. 
He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weeps over our obsession with muchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. And he is inviting you and me to come home. To come home to where we belong. To come home to that for which we were created. For too long we have been in a far country, a country of noise and hurry and crowds, a country of climb and push and shove, a country of frustration, fear, and intimidation. And he welcomes us home, home to serenity and peace and joy, home to friendship and fellowship and openness, home to intimacy and acceptance and affirmation. We were created for a relationship by our relational God. Communication, prayer is the lifeblood of that relationship. What leads to the connection we were meant for, the connection that feels like home. So let's dive into this series together by turning to Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, where he writes of his prayers of thanksgiving for that community. Let's listen for God's word for us this day. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray, and it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you, with the compassion of Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. So Paul is writing the followers of Christ in Philippi from prison. Prisons are designed to cut people off from the outside world. Images we hold in our mind's eye of prison cells reveal that they are meant to isolate those within their walls and bars. It's because we are hardwired for connection that solitary confinement is one of the worst punishments within prisons. We need connection to survive and thrive. As Paul sits in prison... He uses letters as a way to remind him of those life-giving connections in his life to ensure his captivity does not cut him off from them. Prayers of thanksgiving at a superficial level 
can be a laundry list of those things for which we know we are supposed to be thankful. The practice we witness here with Paul goes deeper. Paul, as he sits in prison, cut off from the communities who mean so much to him, spends time reflecting upon those relationships and what they have meant to him. As he shares with God his gratitude for their presence in his life, and then is moved to share that same gratitude to his brothers and sisters in Philippi as he writes this letter to them. His prayers of thanksgiving strengthen his connection to God because he sees the people God has blessed him with, the ways that God has equipped him for the ministry to which God has called him by bringing him partners in that ministry. Paul, in his prayer of thanksgiving, recognizes the faithfulness of God and is able to affirm the faithfulness of the Philippians as well. His connection to God is strengthened, and so is his connection to the community in Philippi. I think I was in late middle school or early high school when I received a letter reminiscent to the one that is in our scripture today. At the time, I was serving on our Presbytery's Youth Council, and we had just led a retreat for the youth of our region. There were probably 20 or so of us youth on council, which was led by a youth moderator who was a senior in high school. I can still picture her, but my memory has lost her name. Not long after the retreat, a letter from her arrived in the mail at my house. In it, she not only thanked me for my help at the retreat, but she made it clear that she saw me. She affirmed particular gifts in me and encouraged me to continue using them for Christ and Christ's ministry through the church, to keep listening for God's call, because she was sure God had a purpose for me. It was one of the early messages God sent that opened me up to the possibility of pastoral ministry. To this day, I can remember sitting at my desk in my bedroom with my 1990s peach carpet under my feet with that card in my hands, taking in those words that meant so much to me and the life God had for me. I can't remember her name, but I do remember her handwriting because that moment is a core memory for me. I have to admit that as a child, I dreaded the thank you note season that came after my birthday and Christmas. Yet after receiving that letter, something changed in me. Perfunctory thank you notes that stay superficial still feel like a chore to me. But that's not how I approach the opportunity to thank someone anymore. Because I recognize the opportunity that really does exist when you sit down to write someone. There's something so sacred in getting to put pen to paper and name what someone means to you. Something so sacred in seeing the actions of another and affirming the difference those actions make in your life or the world. Something so sacred in letting someone know that they are seen and valued. Wrapped up in it is gratitude for them, but also gratitude to God 
for putting them in your life and blessing you both with the relationship that exists between you. My gut tells me that the practice was life-giving to Paul as he sat in those prison walls and that it was life-giving to the Philippians who had to be encouraged and strengthened to continue the work they started with Paul. It had to draw them closer to one another and to the God who brought them together in the first place. So today, we are going to invite you to engage in a similar practice. In just a minute, we're going to pass out stationery for you to take so that you might write a letter or two or three this week to someone in our community or in your life whose service in your midst or in our midst matters to you so that they can know that they are seen and valued. We invite you to pray prayers of thanksgiving over them as you do this. Thanksgiving for who they are and the ways they are part of your life or part of our ministry here. Thanksgiving to God for bringing you together with them. As we pass out our stationery, which y'all can go ahead and start doing. So they're going to give you a chunk at the end of the row, take some and pass it on down your row. Um, We're going to give you a couple minutes for prayerful reflection over who you feel called to send a letter to this week. You can write their name in the blank at the top during our time of prayer, and then take the stationary home to finish the letter this week. There's some envelopes at the back of the sanctuary. If you need them, you can grab them on your way out. And if you're missing an address um, from somebody in this community, just email Janine and she can get it to you. So let us enter this time of reflection and prayer with gratitude on our hearts for God and for the people God puts in our lives.